yeah, I sat right here. My ADD was kicking in. My office is tore apart. Everybody's working around. I'm throwing stuff away. Lita's freaking out. Trying to clean up around there and do different things. And I said, you know what? I just need some time with God. So I went and got my chair. This is my chair. I love this chair. I went and got my chair, and I just kind of sat right here and and uh, opened up my Bible. How many people know the importance of finding a chair and opening up a Bible and reading it? You have a bad day. You got some stuff going on in your life. The answers are in the Bible. There's true answers in this Bible. Wherever you look, whatever book you might find yourself in, God will reveal himself if you really want him to. Somebody ought to hear me tonight. So I want to start here tonight with what I read. Uh, look, look. I highlighted it. I wear my Bibles out. I wear my Bibles out. I got several Bibles that I have been through, wore out, wrote in, got your names in half of them. You're going through something, I'll just write your name on a page and be praying for you. I'll flip to that page. I might, not, I might not think about it all the time, but if I'm just flipping through my Bible and I see Scott Jones needs prayer for work, workers and work, and, I, and, I, and I, I'll say, man, let me just pray for that right now. Little kid going through some trouble, and I'll just open my Bible, and there his name will be. You know, I come from a generation of people who, oh, don't touch that Bible. Keep it right. Keep it fine. You know what? I, I want to be, be so in my word that it's tore up. My first Bible, I wore it out. It hangs out in a display case in my house. It means a lot to me. I break it out twice a year. And uh, once at Easter and once at Christmas. And Man, I, when I touch that thing, man, just something just goes all the way through me. I dug this one out of a box of, of Bibles that somebody gave the church. And it's, it's become one of my favorite Bibles. And I was in here and I sat in my chair and said, Lord, give me something. Give me something, Lord. Give me something I can share with somebody else. And I found my way to Luke chapter 13. I want to read to you. About the time, number one, about the time Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were sacrificing at the temple in Jerusalem. And do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than other people from Galilee, he asked? Is that why they suffered? Not at all. And you will all, and you will also perish unless you turn from your evil ways and turn to God. And what about the eighteen men who died when the towers of Siloam fell on them? Were they worse sinners in Jerusalem? No, I tell you again that unless you repent, you will be perished. Then he gives this illustration. Jesus was all about illustrations. They called them parables. I don't know where that word came from, but they were, they were uh, kind of like Pastor Mark. They were messages that were easy to understand, but sometimes so hard to swallow. They were messages you could get it, and you could get your life right, or you could keep on going down the road you were leading, that were leading you to hell. How many come here and they say, man, I can get it here? Man, I come here, I understand. I've been in other churches all my life. I never understood. Jesus talked where you could understand him. He talked to all the crowds, all the people, all the religious.
religious leaders, no matter how much money they had, no matter what side of the tracks they lived on, he spoke in a way that people could understand it. When you're out witnessing, you don't need to talk like you know more than that person, like you're better than that person. You need to bring it where they can understand it. I'm going to stop there. Illustration. Then, use, then Jesus used this illustration. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if the fruit was on it. But he was away. He was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and I hadn't seen one single fig. Cut it down. It's taking up space. We can use it for something else. The gardener answered, Give it one more month. Chance. Leave it another year, and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get next year, fine. If we don't, you can cut it down. I want to talk to you tonight about two words I found in this scripture. One is repent. Say that with me, repent. One is repent, and the other is cut it down. God's been giving us more and more messages that we need to really absorb and really take into our lives. I believe in my heart that this is something that needs to be preached in churches all over the world. Repentance! Repentance! Really repenting! Repenting! Getting the sin out of your life! Getting right with God! Repentance! Repentance is not preached anymore. What is preached today is tolerance. We're tolerant with these people. We're tolerant if they come over here and do this. And we're tolerant if they look like that. We're tolerant in church. People can do whatever. Repentance and true repentance is a lifestyle. It's a change. It's a new way of thinking. The church needs to repent. Maybe you're here tonight and you need to repent. Boy, you walked up in the right house tonight because people who don't repent will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Boy, this was just like a wake-up call. It was like, wow! It was like, whoa! Why ain't I preaching more about repentance? Why ain't I talking more about that? Because if people don't truly repent, they die and go to hell. Have you really repented for your sins? Are you repenting daily for your daily sins? It was so important that, 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 that you get this message tonight because I had to take a look at my life and say, God, when I came to you, I really didn't know how bad a sinner I was. When I got saved, everything was going good for me. I'm going to tell you that right now. How many came to church by a show of hands? Be honest. Be honest tonight. Say, I'll be honest. Y'all better wake up or I'm coming down there with you. You came to church because of, don't raise your hand until I tell you to raise your hand because I won't single anybody out. You came to church because your life was in a mess. Alcohol, drugs, family, marriages, finances. You made so many mistakes you were looking for some kind of answer 
and you didn't know where that answer was going to come, but you found your way to a church or to this church at the lowest point in your life, and you got right at that point in your life, and you made a decision to follow Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Was there anybody in this place that's been there and done that? Was there anybody at the lowest point in your life? Raise your hands so I can see it. Stick it up like I mean it. Hey, all right. So, praise God. That's not my story. I wasn't dr- hooked on drugs. I wasn't a drunk. I, 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 I wasn't broke. I didn't have a, a bad marriage. I didn't have any health problems. I was thinking about that while I was sitting here in my chair. I was thinking, when did I come to repentance? When did I come to really accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior? Was it a circumstance? Was it something bad going on in my life? Was my marriage in trouble? None of that was for me. When I come to true repentance, pay attention, wake up. When I came to true repentance and a personal relationship with the Lord, it wasn't because I had habits that needed to be broken. It wasn't because I I drank sometimes. It wasn't because I cussed sometimes. When I came to true repentance, it's when I found what I was missing, and that was the longing and the love of the Father. When I came to true repentance, I found out right then and there I was missing love. I was missing love. The kids loved me. The wife loved me. But I still had this big hole in my heart. And I tried to fill it up with everything I could fill it up. But the moment I came to true repentance, God walked into my heart. And the emptiness was gone. The fulfillment began to to come into my life. The joy. I've never had joy in my entire life until I truly repented and let Jesus into my heart. I found joy. This guy you see today is not the guy I was 12 years ago. I never smiled. I never walked around smiling, telling people I love them like a Fruit Loop. Hugging on people and kissing on people, giving people some of my money. I never did any of that stuff. I come to true repentance when I realized that God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die for all of my sin. And then it was like rewind, Jason. It was like rewind. It was like, wow, I am a sinner. Wow, I do look at women with lust. Wow, I do neglect my family. Wow, I do treat my wife like, like she's beneath me. Wow, I do, I do worship money. Wow, I do cheat. Wow, I do lie. Wow, all these things are happening. And it was like, right up here, it was like, it was all playing out. And I was like, I'm going to die and I'm going to go to hell if I don't give my life to Jesus. It wasn't that I, I was broke. It wasn't that I was a drunk. It wasn't that I was hooked on drugs. It wasn't that my marriage was in trouble. It was the need for Jesus that brought me to true repentance. It is only, you need to listen, it is only when you find that true need for Jesus that you will find true repentance for your sins. I'm not talking tonight 
where you can't understand. We all need Jesus. This world needs Jesus. <laughs> our friends, our family, they need Jesus. But they're not going to come to Jesus until we come to true repentance in our life. Till we come to true repentance. Till we say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm not good. I'm no good without you. My favorite pictures that I take are the ones you can't see my face. Not because I'm not some good looking dude, because I'm good looking. Y'all laughing at me or laughing with me? But when I leave this earth, it ain't about me. I want it to be about Jesus. When I got saved, it wasn't because I needed anything. I thought. I didn't need church. I didn't need this. I didn't need those people. Oh, how I was wrong. Bless you. Oh, how I was wrong. I needed Jesus in every area of my life. Let's cover the first one. Repentance. What is repentance? What is repentance? That's coming to the Father and letting Him in your heart. That's coming to the Father and say, Father, I'm going to com confess to you that I am a sinner. I just told you it was all rolling up in here. I wasn't a very good husband. I wasn't a very good man. I wasn't very good at anything. I thought I was. Ain't it funny how when you meet somebody that's hooked on meth, but they don't want to get cleaned up, that they don't think they got a problem. Sinners are like that too. Sinners are like that too. They got all these problems, but they don't realize it sometimes until it's too late. Sometimes until it's too late. I tell people all the time, don't wait to get saved. Get saved today. Don't wait to get right. Get right today. Don't wait till it's too late and wind up going to hell. Can you imagine? Somebody preached to you and preached to you and preached to you and preached to you and preached to you. Your mama preached to you. Your grandma preached to you. I preached to you. Others preached to you. But you never really repented and allowed Jesus to come into your heart. True repentance means that you believe that Jesus is the only Son of God, the only Son of God, and that you can't live without Him, and that you love Him, and you love Him more than the sins that you commit. I love God more than the sins that I commit. Oh, thank God for the Holy Spirit that woke my butt up. Did I say butt in church? I want, I want to say this to you tonight. We're in a place in this world where if something don't change in some people, then it's really going to be bad. It's really going to get tough. Repent means to think differently, to change your mind, regretting your sin, changing your conduct. Let me read that again because I don't want that to go over your head. Repent means to think differently. Say that, think differently. Change your mind. Regret your sins and change your conduct. Let me ask you tonight, JB. I'm not going to put you on blast. I'll put everybody on blast. Let me ask all of you. Is there some conduct in your life that you're ashamed of? Is there some things going on in your life? Is there some conduct in your life that, that, that's leading you to hell? Let's be honest tonight. Do you have behaviors in your life that you wish you could change? 
Repentance is changing that, ain't it, Penny? That's changing that. It's changing the way you change your mind regarding sin, regarding your conduct, your thinking different. Does anybody here in this house got any behavior that you wish that you could change? Well, listen, the wishing is over. All you need is a relationship with Jesus to change. Ain't it funny how we get saved and we want to save everybody? You lose some real good friends trying to save them. <laughs> I realized a long time ago, it took me some hard knocks that I couldn't save anybody. All I could do was tell them about Jesus and tell them why I love him and tell them what he's done for me. And then I had to live it. Repentance is true change. CJ, it's true change. It's getting a, a whole a whole makeover. They used to have this show on TV called Ugly Duckling. Anybody ever seen that show? They would take that one person who grew up and, and they were always picked on. They were always voted last. They, were the, they always had, had bad hair, bad clothes, bad, bad teeth, bad vision. Everything about them was an ugly duckling. And by the end of a one-hour show, by the end of a one-hour show, they would transform that person. Anybody ever see that show? I think it was called Swan or something. And, and, and at the end of that show, that person got an extreme makeover and they walked out and they were drop dead gorgeous and you was like who in the world is that and then they do that double take they'd have that picture that before and after picture and it wasn't the slim fast one it was a real one you could tell that was really them and and, 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 it, and, and <laughs> i'm just telling you and, and 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 so you was like wow how did they do that god does that god does that when you truly repent and you truly ask God to change your heart, God gives you an extreme makeover. Praise God for that tonight. <laughs> Praise Him for that tonight. I'm preaching way better than y'all letting on. Do you have a behavior in your life that you want to change? Maybe some habits. Ooh, can I say this? Does your attitude stink all the time? My boss used to say, you better not have no stinking thinking around here. Because if you have stinking thinking around here, you won't be around here long. That's the truth. I know people right now, they're 55, 60, 70 years old, and they still wake up with a bad mood. I'm like, couldn't you find a bright, sunshiny day somewhere? Every day they wake up with a bad attitude. Every day they wake up in a bad mood. I'm like, man, who did something to your Cheerios? I don't know what y'all was thinking. I might have run around the box or something. I'm like, man, why are you unhappy? Why are you miserable? Why don't you smile? Why don't you find some joy instead of complaining? Hey, I'm going to tell y'all what, man. I preached a message just this last week. said, if you're complaining, I pray God makes you lose your job. If you're whining, God giveth and the Lord taketh away. Watch what you say. If you have a job, you ought to be blessed you got a job. If you got a wife, you ought to be blessed you got a wife. If you got some kids and they're healthy, you ought to be blessed. Do you have a bad behavior that you want to change? Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's a bad attitude. Let me say this tonight. 
You don't need a patch to stop a habit. You don't need counseling. You don't need lifesavers. If you got some habits and you want to break it, you lay it down at the foot of the cross. And you don't pick it back up again. Let me ask you tonight, do you have a habit? Do you cuss a lot? Do you come to church, you put on your best clothes, bring your biggest Bible, but your mouth is like a sailor? That's a habit that can be broken. It can be broken. How many used to cuss so bad? Don't lie in church, y'all going to go to hell. Raise your hand if you used to cuss all the time. Richard said, we all, don't speak for yourself, don't speak for me. <laughs> Who the Father sets free, he sets free indeed. You make a choice. You make a choice to talk like that. You make a choice to use those words. I have come up with some great words when I hit my nail on the hammer. Some of my biscuit eaters. I don't even know what a sum of a biscuit eater is. But it's better than some of a. When my kids were small, they said, Daddy, what's a biscuit eater? That's your daddy on Sunday morning, boy. It's a choice. You make a choice to continue to drink. You make a choice to continue to use. You make a choice to continue to commit adultery. You make a choice to continue to look at pornography. You make a choice. But you can make a choice tonight to repent and get that habit out of your life. We're looking at two words. One, repent. Listen to me. Do you have a bad attitude? Are you a negative all the time? No matter what. You want to change in your life. You have to start by changing your mind. Who believes that tonight? You have to change your thinking so that your thoughts will line up with God's thoughts. When you make the decision to follow God in every area of your life, when you truly repent and you make the decision to follow God in every area of your life, you open the door for His supernatural power to go to work in you. I have to remember sometimes who I am because a lot of times my temper or my bad attitude or my shortcomings will take over. I have to remember who I am in Christ today. And I have to self-check. I have to check my thoughts, check my heart, check my words. Reminds me of the movie Tombstone with Wyatt Herb. How many of you ever seen that movie? Y'all ain't even cowboy up in here. That's the best movie ever made. I'll be your huckleberry. <laughs> Love that movie. But when they wanted to change the town, when they wanted to change the killing, when they wanted to change the violence, when they wanted to change, they said, check all your guns when you come in here. Check all the guns. You can't even come into this town without checking all your guns, all your weapons. God wants to check us out too. And he wants to get everything out of us that's not supposed to be there. And to me, in my 10th grade education, 
That's what repentance is. That's me giving up these things and allowing God to put better things in here. That's why I stay in the Word. That's why I listen to Christian music. That's why I run around with Christians, and I don't run around with people that ain't Christian too much. You have to change your thinking so that your thoughts will be God's thoughts. When you make a decision to follow God in every area of your life, you supernaturally open the door to God's work. Remember, you will go the directions of your thoughts. I'll never forget, I had a church member, she was a lady, and uh, she came up here one day, she wanted to go beat her sister-in-law up. She wanted to kick the door in off the house, and man, she had it all planned out. She did. She said, I'm going to get there. I'm going to do that karate deal. I'm not even going to knock. I'm just going to whack it in. When they come out, I'm going to just start swinging on them. They said all kinds of ugly stuff on me on Facebook. I've had it. I'm done. I'm going to beat the mess out of them. I'm going to drag them to the altar. That's what she told me. But God got a hold of her thoughts. Before she went there, she came here. And I just happened to be in here, and we were having a flood. We were having a lot of rain. Water was pouring into our building. Me and Dave was in here sucking out the water, and she come walking in. She was bawling and crying, and I said, what's the matter, baby? She said, I'm just so mad. I want to just go over there, and I just want to put my hands on this person. I, man, by the time we got through, Man, we talked about how far she had come and what God was doing in her kid's life. And her husband was in church now. And Man, we just loved seeing her on Sunday. Man, when she walked out of here, I'm so thankful that her thoughts led her here and her thoughts led her back here over and over again and not back to her old ways. When you... Your life goes in the direction of your thoughts. You can't just allow any old thought in your imagination to play around in your mind. You have to choose the right thoughts. The easiest way to change your thoughts is by speaking God's word. When you say orange, you don't think of an apple. You think of an orange. When you want to speak God's word, you've got to get into it. You've got to read it. I'm not one of those Bible pastors. I'll probably never be. I, I hope I am that can just go in here and say, it's in Isaiah 60, it's in John 27, it's in, it's in Luke 13, it's, it's over there, and it says it in verse 19. I, I'm probably not ever going to be that pastor, and there's some great pastors that can do that. I have to get in here and say, this is where it's at, and this is what it says. Give me a minute to find it. I know it's in there. I read it all the time. But I, I can probably tell you it's probably close to this book. That's because of time I've invested in putting his words in my thoughts. Who knows what their favorite scripture is? Raise your hand. Who don't have a favorite scripture? Don't raise your hand. Get you one. Who knows what my favorite scripture is? What is it? That's one of them. Luke 9.62, the man that puts his hands on the plow and takes a look back is not worthy of the kingdom of heaven. But I like Jeremiah, and I like John, and I like Luke. And, man, I was really fascinated by our last week's message in Isaiah 60. I, I really embraced that one to rise and shine and stand up and be different. 
to do my job with excellence. That's one of my new favorite scriptures. You have to take your thoughts and you have to change your thoughts and you got to put God's word in. You got to sing praises. You got to say, Oh, amazing God, you are. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that led me to this church instead of kicking that door in. <laughs> I was lost for a minute. Well, I found my way. Thank you, Lord, for that amazing grace. I've had them pull up in here with a thought of suicide and a gun in their lap. I've had them arrive here and want to get a divorce. I've had them come over and over again and leave prescription pills and drugs. I had crack cocaine here, meth pipes. I've had alcohol left up here. I had a guy here one time, me and Mr. Tim and, and Joe, I think it was, had to take him home in the church van. He was so drunk, he got out and he, he said, boy, I like to fight. I said, I like to fight better than I like to eat, boy. You better leave me alone. <laughs> he came back the next day and left a six-pack on the altar. People say, Pastor, that don't offend you. No, that, I'd rejoice in that. Whatever you got to leave, you got to leave. And you got to repent. Say repent. You got to repent and change your ways. The easiest way to change your thoughts is speaking God's words, singing God's songs, being around God's people. When you say orange, you probably don't think apple. In the same way, when you confess the word of God, which says you are more than a conqueror, that you're going to make it, it's going to drive out those negative thoughts. It's going to defeat any thought that's negative in your life. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, give you a future and a hope. Change your mind today by changing your words. Because if you don't repent, the last thing we're going to talk about, and I'm going to be done. That last scripture in Luke that we read was, let's give it one more chance. Let's try one more time. If it don't produce fruit after we try this last time, then I'll do what you said. We'll cut that tree down. We'll put something else there. This may be your last time to repent. This may be your last time to repent. God's not playing with you. You're a fool if you think he is. Because God don't play. We're foolish to think that we got all this time to make these things right with God. There's no time like now to make things right with God. Because if you wait, and you get cut off, and you don't get to go to heaven, and you end up in eternity for hell, if you end up in eternity for the rest of your life in hell, and you had this opportunity to repent and change, John, and you missed it, and you missed it, because you knew you was going to a party Saturday, you missed it because you know you got friends coming over, and they got a bump for you. 
you missed it because you're going to go and you're going you're gonna to lie with that person and you're not married to. You're missing it. You're missing it. You're missing it. You're missing it because pornography is coming on the computer at 11 o'clock. You're missing it because you're going to go to work and you can't, you can't bow your head and pray, but you can stand up and cuss. You miss it. You're going to be like that tree that had the last opportunity that did not grow that will be cut down. And if you keep reading, that tree will be thrown into the fire and burned up. I spent 31, two years of my life, 33 years of my life in the fire, bound for hell, no true repentance. If I'd have died, I'd have probably went to hell. You know, I gave my life to the Lord at Lathan Springs Camp at 14. I don't know if that was good enough to save me after I read this. Maybe you gave your life to the Lord as a child, but you never truly repented. Are you going to gamble with your salvation? Are you going to truly repent tonight? I don't care if it's Wednesday, Sunday, Sunday night. I had a truck stop somewhere. If God is telling you to repent of your sins and allowing him to be Lord of your life. Sunday morning, there was this beautiful young lady. She approached me at the back door. She had tears in, his eye, in her eyes. And she said, I've never in my life felt what I felt today. I have never in my entire life felt what I felt today. I remember that feeling. I remember that Father's Day. I remember that altar. I remember them people loving me. I remember Christ coming into my heart. And I still feel that way today. And when I don't, when I don't, because I've allowed negative thoughts, I've allowed things in my life that shouldn't be there anymore. I've allowed old things to come back. The worst thing a Christian can do is allow old things to come back in their life. Somebody hear that tonight. Write that down. Put it in your Bible. The worst thing you can do is allow old things back in your life. Let's repent tonight. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't want none of you looking. Because if you're looking, you're probably the first one that needs to repent. Heavenly Father, today I choose to captivate every thought that's contrary to your word and your will. Pray this with me right now. If you need to pray this, pray this with me. If you don't think you need to pray this, then don't pray it. You roll the dice. Lord, I just pray they don't come up with snake eyes. Pray this with me. I repent for everything in my life that is displeasing to you. Empower me today, Lord, by your Spirit so that I can bring honor to you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. I repent tonight of my sin. Lord, it's been good to be in church. Thank you for this time. We thank you for this group of people. We thank you that we can walk out of here, Father, new again. 
Repent right now. Give it up. Repent. Tell the Lord. Tell the Lord what you need to repent of right now. Right now. Nobody's looking. It's between you and him. I'm not going to tell you to write it down. I'm not going to tell you to come up and tell me what it was. I, I, it's between you and him. Repent right now before it's too late. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen.